Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Doghouse and Matt Wayrick from Federal Baseball on the line at the Nationals' 8-3 win over the Cardinals tonight in the nation's capital. And Doghouse will start with the man on the mound. Gio Gonzalez, six innings, seven Ks, one walk, seven hits allowed versus the Marlins last time out. Uh, left the game with a one nothing lead, though the Nats lost. Tonight in the nation's capital, leadoff double, sack fly in the first, down one nothing early, but Nats took a 2-1 lead in the third. Gio gave it right back in the fourth. A solo home run by Randall Gritchick. But the game tied it up at 2-2 two two at that point. 11 straight set down to end the night for Gio Gonzalez, though, after a one-out single in the fourth, 103 pitches total in seven innings pitched. Six hits, two runs, one earned, six Ks, a one home run allowed, 103-67, as I said, on the pitch count. Another solid outing. Uh, Dusty Baker talked before the game about his success at this point being tied to the fact that he's throwing his curve for strikes now, not bouncing them. So opposing hitters can't just spit on it and ignore the pitch. They have to take it for strike or try to hit that curveball that he's had a lot of success with over the years. And two good starts by Gio Gonzalez now. Another impressive outing tonight. Yeah, it was a little shaky at first, but uh, to to make a further cliche of already cliched cliche, he, say it with me now, settled in nicely. Um, showing good <laughs> command, just like he did on his last outing, no walks, uh, got six Ks, and really, we didn't think this was going to happen from the first couple of innings, because he was giving up a lot of solid contact in the air. I mean, he got some outs, but on well-struck balls. Uh, I, I was really thinking that this was going to get out of hand. But, you know, around about the third or fourth inning, he sort of settled in a little bit, was keeping the ball down more, and uh, really shut down, you know, a, a pretty good hitting uh, Cardinals lineup. Um, made us uh, made us sweat there for a little bit there at the beginning, but uh, rewarded us with a solid performance at the end. And, and you know, I, I was shaking my head along with everyone else in my row when uh, when he came back out for the seventh uh, after hitting in the sixth. But uh, apparently Dusty knows something more about in-game managing than I do because that was, <laughs> if anything, his easiest e- easiest inning of the evening. So uh, a, a great outing for Gio, and I just hope he keeps this up longer than April and May like uh, like he did last season. Told you this before, doghouse. But if you claim that the manager knows more than you do, you're playing the internet wrong. That <laughs> one thing. One thing I noticed from uh, Gio Gonzalez, Matt, a uh, little calmer out there on the mound. Uh, whether it's the fact that he's a family man now, he's just trying to feed the family, as he was fond of saying last year, or whatever it is. Uh, maybe a second year working with Mike Maddox, his uh, Mad Dog's calm was kind of rubbing off on him, but. Uh, he's still talking to himself out there, but he's not looking as shook as he used to when he gets into a little trouble. Uh, last game he had runners on in just about every inning, if not every inning. I'd have to go back and look, but there were a lot of runners on, some runners on tonight too. Uh, only gave up six hits, but just a different demeanor on the, out there on the mound from Gio Gonzalez. Maybe it's tied to the fact that he's had success in these two starts, and we'll see him unravel a little bit when he really starts to struggle. But uh, you like, got to like what you see from Gio Gonzalez in these first two starts, especially for a fourth or fifth starter in this rotation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's always kind of been a streaky pitcher. Um, I know he had one stretch of seven starts last year where he was absolutely dominant, and then another six where he had a above five ERA. So, um, like what we've seen so far, he was struggling to locate that curveball early. Um, but as Doghouse said, settled in, 
Um, retired the final 11 batters he faced after allowing at least one hit in each of the first four innings. So, um, like what you saw there, uh, yeah, as you said, back of the rotation pitcher, although with how they've been kind of rotating things in that fifth spot so far, um, it's good to see that we've got an anchor back there, at least for now, and especially as a left-hander, um, provides a lot of value in that spot. Yeah, especially with those two power right-handers up front, Joe Ross, uh, you know, having that lefty in the mix there is definitely going to be big for the Nationals, especially as we saw last year, uh, the Dodgers team couldn't hit lefties at all, so having him available for a possible postseason matchup, but that's a long way away from us. We'll stick to tonight's game for right now. Uh, Doug has Lance Lynn on the mound. We all remember him from Jason Worth's big home run back in the day. Worth got him again today. He missed all of Good 2016 time. after... <laughs> He missed all of 2016 after Tommy John surgery. Two runs on five hits and five and a third in his first start back this season. Uh, loads the bases early in the third, though. Murphy with a two-out, two-run single, 57 pitches, 30 strikes at that point. He was struggling to get the ball in the zone. Uh, Worth takes him deep on a 1-1 fastball in the fourth. Weeders 1-1 fastball, goes to right field, 4-2 to at that point. Three walk uh, for the night to Harper in the fifth. Murphy makes him pay again. We'll get to that dynamic there in the middle in a minute. But uh, Murphy, two-run home run at that point, makes it 6-2. to two. Uh, Five innings, five hits, six runs, four earned, four walks, which killed him, four Ks, three home runs allowed for Lynn. They were making a big deal on the broadcast about how he looked to be shaking at his arm, which they were a little bit worried about him after Tama John. But Nationals just powered him out of that game, basically. Yeah, they did. And, it, and it's really something that uh, we've we've agonized about during the bad years about uh, about the walks coming back to kill you. Because you look at the first couple of innings, Lynn really looked like he was going to have a good day, uh, good game. Uh, and through the, the first eight match hitters, I think all he allowed was, was a walk to Harper. And then he walked Geo, and all the wheels <laughs> came off. Oh, my gosh. That was – I, I looked up at the scoreboard. I was shocked to realize that the Nats had scored two runs on one hit uh, that that inning, and there, there was what uh, an error, uh, a, a walk, and a, a, a I guess uh, another walk. So uh, you know, I'm I'm just glad it happened to somebody else this time, and that the the Nats were patient enough to take advantage of it and not just swing themselves into quick outs because they felt like they had to. <laughs> I did look it up. That was Gio Gonzalez's fourth career walk, uh, his first free pass since 2015. You don't want to walk a pitcher, <laughs> but you don't want to walk a pitcher who never walks even more. And really the walks came back to haunt Lance Lynn tonight, Matt, uh, you mentioned Bryce Harper, three walks in his first three plate appearances. At that point, he had reached base in nine straight plate appearances, uh, ended after that. But an impressive little run there by Harper tied his career mark for uh, uh, getting on nine straight plate appearances. But the big thing, uh, something we didn't see last year, uh, they struggled when they were walking Harper and not getting stuff done behind him. But this year, Daniel Murphy's back there. He gets a two-run single the first time they walk him to load the bases when they walk Harper, I should say. Uh, two-run home run when they walk Harper a second time in the game. And if you make them pay, they're going to start pitching to Bryce Harper again. As I mentioned, it's something that wasn't there last year. And while they were able to get away with it before he, even before he started struggling. But having Murphy back there swinging the bat like he is right now it just really makes it even more dangerous to put Harper on base. Yeah, I mean, you put almost any hitter in baseball ahead of Daniel Murphy, and he's going to see pitches to hit. So the fact that they're still 
fear, uh, fearing Harper even after the year he had last year, and he's producing, hitting 393 on the year. Murphy's hitting 472. Then Zimmerman behind him, 367. I mean, that trio right there, if Zimmerman really is back, that's that's one of the most fearsome trios in baseball, in my opinion, um, especially if you can get Eaton and Turner in front of them. This this could honestly be one of the deepest lineups in all of baseball if everything goes right. I mean, Worth's already got three home runs. He's hitting 345. you got Weeters hitting 435 down at the bottom of the order. If Rendon comes around, which I'm sure he does, he's typically a slow starter. Um, this is, I mean, from top to bottom, there really aren't any holes. I mean, last year you had a good lineup, but – uh, Danny Espinosa was almost an automatic out. Uh, Jose Lobatone, anytime he comes in, never really um, provides an asset. But overall, I mean, this is this is a deep lineup. Yeah, going up and down the lineup, it's just a really long lineup for opposing pitchers to get through. It starts to feel like an AL kind of lineup, but I'm sure for opposing pitchers. But doghouse, uh, Daniel Murphy, four for five, five RBIs tonight, two doubles, a home two run home run. Uh, Dusty Baker talked earlier, uh, I guess during the last uh, road trip, about the fact that as well as he was swinging the bat, he's still not 100% after not getting a lot of at-bats during uh, spring training or the World Baseball Classic. And if this is Daniel Murphy not at 100%, uh, opposing pitchers are in a lot of trouble this year, just like they were last year when you're facing him. And having him four for five, Bryce Harper, uh, three walks, one for two, two runs scored, and then you get back with Weeders, two for three at the bottom of the lineup. This is You, know, you keep these guys healthy and on the field all season, and they're going to do a lot of damage to opposing pitchers. Man, I just hope Murphy can get it together soon, you know. I'm, I'm tired of his, his <laughs> He's black ass out there. Not... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, just just like Matt said, uh, you know, when we had the the talk at the beginning of the season about how there were legitimately five five win players potentially in the in the lineup, just look, looking from top to bottom, and if Zim and Worth and Weeders turn out to be two or three win players, you know, we're looking at like a ninety five win team this year. This this is going to be you know, the most fearsome lineup that the Nats have ever fielded if everyone keeps producing like they have been this week and, and Rendon comes around. Now, okay, April, less than 10 games, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But what the heck, let's, let's dream here. This, this is a team that's going to score 1,100 runs this season. Good times, <laughs> man. Go to games. <laughs> uh, if they a lot of home runs, the too. Yes. Yeah, you got a potential for a number of uh, 20 home run guys here. Uh, there's a lot of power in this lineup, a lot of contact, which is more important. You got to cut down on those strikeouts and put the ball in play. And if you just get those two out RBI hits, Dusty Baker will be a lot happier. But one of the keys <laughs> is going to be staying staying on the field, which is already becoming a little bit of a problem for the Nationals. Uh, Matt Stephen Drew was filling in for. Uh, Trey Turner, who's out with a hamstring injury. Now Drew comes up lame, running down to first base late in the game. Uh, they said it's a hamstring issue again. They said they felt something pop when he got a cleat caught coming out of the box. So uh, you don't know what it is yet, but it, that doesn't sound good from what they said in the post game. We'll have to get Dusty Baker's full quotes later, but uh, there's some talk on the Twitter going around who they have left at this point. Uh, Matt Skoll is the only other – position player or infielder on the 40-man roster. They currently only have 39 men on the 40-man roster, but you're missing Drew for any significant amount of time with Turner already out of there. We're talking about Wilmer Defoe at short for at least a couple days here right now. and Exactly what you didn't want to have happen, basically, when you already got one of your shortstops down and now you got your backup or one of your two backups out of the lineup. 
Yeah, that Danny Espinosa trade is almost hurting a little bit, <laughs> as strange as that may sound. Um, yeah, it, losing Drew for any amount of time is going to hurt. I mean, th- this is pretty strong bench, not going to lie. Drew is a super utility man, plays all over the infield. Defoe, I mean, he's young and he's got a lot of potential, but he's not probably there yet. Um, so we'll probably see a lot more of him moving forward if Drew is out for any amount of time. I was a little uh, confused uh, that they put him at second today, um, but Dusty's pretty big on keeping people in their roles. He doesn't like to shuffle uh, guys around. So while maybe Zimmerman or Worth in that spot might have made more sense, um, seeing Defoe there was strange, but at least you see that there's some confidence there in Baker. And if he does have to play Defoe moving forward, it looks like he's going to be pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, I did think it was odd too, and it, more than one person on Twitter was asking me why you did that. I'm like, I didn't, I don't know. You'd have to ask Dusty Baker that, and <laughs> he, he doesn't take kindly the why, why did you do your lineup this way questions. So I think reporters are loath to ask him those sort of things, but uh, we'll do it, Doghouse, because I have a question about what happened late in the game here, non-save situation. We've been talking. He's talked in the last day or so about the fact that Blake Trinan was getting acclimated to the closer's role. They used him a lot in the first couple games. Uh, it wasn't a safe situation when he started warming up. It wasn't one when he came into the game, but they still throw Blake Trinan out there. Now, if you need him, I guess they have a day off on Thursday, so that kind of gives you a break if you need him in the finale tomorrow. But uh, kind of interesting when they're talking about him being a little overworked early that you throw Trinan out there. He had a good inning, uh, put the first man on with a walk, which you never like to see, but got a double play, which is sort of his thing to get out of there, uh, ground out to end the game too. But little surprised they put him out there, but uh, the other members of the bullpen are beleaguered as well, and Trinan hasn't pitched in a few days. So uh, what do you think of Dusty Baker's decision-making there? Well, we were trying to figure that out in my section when Trinan came in, and as best as we could figure, Trinan hadn't pitched for a while because he was overworked, so he had to get some work in because he hadn't pitched in a while. Um, <laughs> so it, it makes a kind of circular sense, I guess. Honestly, I, I would have rather he left Blanton in and let him let him go a second inning there. You know, okay, he yeah. he, he gave up the, the dinger, but other than that, he he got through the inning pretty smoothly, and uh, and you have five runs to play with, so uh, l- let him finish out the game and rest the rest of the bullpen. But again, uh, my my second guessing of Dusty didn't work out so well on the rest of the game, so I guess I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Matt, I'll give you one last chance here before we wrap up the question. Dusty Baker, uh, Anthony Rendon trying to find his swing. Uh, Dusty Baker said the timing's off. He put out the idea that his leg might not be 100% after fouling a pitch off of his left calf, or I don't know if his left or his right calf, but whatever, uh, late in spring training. So you sit him out this game. Might be a good idea to get his head together, but as the old saying goes, you don't find your swing on the bench. He ended up having to come in the game anyway, but would you rather see Rendon in there every day figuring it out because they need him in this lineup? I, I, I'd argue, and like you said, you're not going to. You might figure it out on the in the back rooms there, swinging against a machine. But you'd much rather have him in the game, I would think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's hitting 115 right now. Um, I'd say maybe move him down from that number two spot right now with uh, not Defoe either, but um, moving him down a little bit, I think can help him out. It definitely helped him last year when he was struggling early, find that power stroke really switched him with worth, moved him down to the five and six spots and he really excelled. So maybe hit him down in some uh, lower leverage situations. that will help him out a little bit, find a swing. I mean, he's got one of the most beautiful swings in baseball. 
I'm sure it'll come around. He's typically a slow starter, did last year and um, two years ago. But overall, I'm not too worried. I think that you give him time and he'll figure it out. He's a pure hitter, definitely uh, finds that power once he really gets going. So he's absolutely pretty consistent, too. So I think once he gets out of the funk, he'll be just fine. Yeah, I think Mike Rizzo is fond of saying he can roll out of bed and hit a double and Dusty Baker said he's hoping that Rendon's not worried because he's not worried about him either. I really don't worry about Rendon either. I assume he'll pick it up at some point, but we're just nitpicking at this point because it was a nice night by the Nationals. Eight to three win final in the nation's capital. One more with the Cardinals tomorrow. Four oh five start. Matt Knightley sponsored by federalbaseball.com. We've been trying to keep it to 15 minutes and went a little over now, so we'll wrap it up here. Talk to both of you guys uh, soon, if not tomorrow. Go Nats. Go Nats.